welcome to Tabletop Game Talk. This isn't a role-playing <laughs> games edition. You told me you to pay attention to the show notes, and you about messed this. it up. <laughs> if you hadn't said pay attention to the show notes just now, I would have just gone with it. But also, I don't know the intros, because Fletcher normally does this part. Am I hitting stop, or am I just, just keep changing going. this as we just go? Re- okay. Just rewrite it. Reread it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk on Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming talk- topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, Chris hasn't come up with a topic yet, so we're just going to talk and see what happens. Fortunately, we have a live audience to help us out, and also, we are unprofessional, and I just, you know, I, <laughs> I used up a minute of our recording time I, here, Chris. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm calling it a cold open, and it's just going to be, <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It's going to be a new thing. Um, I do want to thank our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wamath, and The Gift of Games. I thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, yeah. Also, for our live listeners, they got there by going to our tabletopgametalk.com slash live page, 8.30 Central Time, Monday, whatever month this is, the 16th. Uh, I lose track of months. Is it May? Okay. It's May. Awesome. Kitty, how you doing? I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Fletcher Um, wasn't feeling well. He's fine, but Kitty's here, I'm here, and um, yeah, I have a bunch of tiny little topics, but uh, I don't have any major topics, so what did you spend today? I spent today gardening. I, um, yeah, so I'm, you know, unusual for me, but I'm a bit tired. (laughs) I also have dirt in my hair and, like, leaves. I I have, like, twigs and all kinds of things I need to clean out of my hair after this, so... Yeah, I was hanging a roll of rope swing. Um, pro tip, rope swings, yeah, I, I didn't like it. But anyway, so I was climbing up this tree and my, and Sydney's there and she's like, um, what are you doing? I'm like climbing this tree. And she's like, I don't think that's safe. I can get a ladder. I'm like, no, if I can't climb this tree, then, you know, what am I have to, like, can I call my dad for dad? And like, I shouldn't have climbed it because I hit my head on a branch and I'm pretty sure I have a pretty big open wound on the top of my head now. Um <laughs> And then I Spencer hung- hit his head on a tractor today. So <laughs> apparently you guys are both dadding just Yeah, by. it's just yeah. And then the rope swing is really kind of an epic fail. So now I'm googling tire swings. It's it's a bad it's a bad thing. But speaking of tires, so you're always tired and that makes sense cuz you have kids. And I do want to thank Sydney in front of all of our listeners because every night she takes the kids up to, for bath time. And usually that means I'm cleaning the kitchen, doing dishes, trash and stuff. And I do many of the household chores and stuff. So I, I pull my weight, I promise. But oftentimes, I just fall asleep on the couch. So when I wake up, <laughs> I'm ready for the podcast because I've just woke it up. And I'm like, all right, I'm good to go. Um, but I wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for my wonderful, 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 wonderful wife. Thank you, Sydney. You are the best. Yeah, and I am the wife in this family, so I'm the one who takes the kids up and does bedtime. And like you, my husband, you know, does the dishes, takes care of things, we split our responsibilities. You know, like, it's just something about mom at bedtime makes things go smoother, at least here. So, yeah, it is what it is, and I'm always tired. And it's, like, especially the worst. This time of year, it's not so bad, but when it's, like, 
dark out already and you go in there and you lie down in their cozy little rooms and you snuggle with them just for a couple <laughs> minutes you come out of there you're like i'm not doing anything <laughs> yeah why do i still have to do life it's 4 30 um hmm. yeah winter time's terrible well we have some nice days um so yeah so one of the things that we did this weekend i, I would ask you what you did this weekend but i know because we you drove know. <laughs> over to visit your new house and the house is huge it's one of the mm-hmm. few houses I can remember. I, like, I don't remember the last house that had literally three levels, like three full staircases in it. So mm-hmm. it's it's giant. Uh, the kids loved it. They loved getting lost in the house. And they also loved going outside. You have this giant yard. And yeah, I think and on the way back, there's actually a couple of things that happened. I was going to tell you one before we started recording, but uh, we didn't get there. Because we were talking about something else. But um, so I'm going to tell you now. On our way back, I said, you know something? I think that's going to be the first visit where our kids remember, like, visiting each other. Like, mm-hmm. like it's a cementing moment. Now, when I say, hey, we're going to go see, you know, Kitty and Spencer, like, they're going to be like, oh, and we're going to get a play outside. And they have a huge house and, you know, the t- playroom and the up. Like, I think it's going to be something that's kind of cool. And I'm basically going to say, you know, no, we're going to go to the country and visit Kitty and Spencer because that's <laughs> going to be their idea it, of the country. It's funny because, like, it's the country, but it's also not because it is a town. <laughs> you know, like, we don't live. You live closer to the country than we do, at least in, like, time you have to drive to touch a cornfield. So yeah. you just know. happen to be situated on the corner of a neighborhood. So you have all the neighborhood yeah. houses. It's just when you get to your house, it feels like it's super secluded because it's it looks like yeah, forest actually, behind um, you. Yeah, we back up to the college track. So uh, there's a there's a big park that's pretty empty behind us. Christopher asked when I'm moving into your house, and I will say never. It creeps me out, but I'm glad you live there. <laughs> so I'm I'm much more of a give me my drywall and a house that was built you know within the last thirty years. Um, even that's pushing it. My house was built in '94, and I'm like it's a little old, but okay. And yours was what 1810? 1910. It's not All that right. bad. That's still pretty bad <laughs> for my for <laughs> for me. It's only 112 years old. <laughs> but it's yeah, it has it's a really really cool house. I, I will give you that for sure. So yeah, but we're driving back, and the story is I'm I find it hilarious, which is why I'm telling it. But the kids didn't eat a lot at your place because they were busy playing and stuff. And we got Jimmy John's for um, lunch or dinner, whatever it was. Um, Actually, no, for lunch. And, you know, they just they had a few pieces of meat off the sandwich and didn't eat anything else. So we're driving back. We got McDonald's for dinner on the way back. I did feed them all cookies. I don't know if you remember that part. (laughs) Well, that may play into the story I'm about to tell. Because we're like, Zachary's playing um, games on his iPad. And we're like, you know, here's your chicken nuggets. Have a chicken nugget. He's like, my tummy hurts. I'm like, he says that all the time. So I really didn't think anything of it. I'm like, you're probably just starving because you haven't eaten anything today. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, just take one nibble of your chicken nugget. And if you still are hung or still have a tummy ache, then you don't have to eat anymore. He takes one nibble and blah, 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 all over. That part was like, okay, all right, we got to fix this. We had everything to clean it up and stuff. We pulled over. There was a light rain, so we actually had like pools of water that I could put towels in to clean up. That was all fine. But as I open the door and as we're cleaning him up, he reaches over, grabs a French fry, and just starts eating like nothing has happened. 
and then ate three more chicken nuggets and a double cheeseburger on the way home. So yeah, that was our trip I back. think uh, <laughs> driving while looking at an iPad on a sort of empty stomach is a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> um, the, yeah, Sydney. Just to that one. Sydney told me she's like he's like I wonder if he gets is like carsick like I do when I'm looking at an iPad. I'm like no, that's not what it is. He's just making it up. And again, I apologize to my wife and thank you very much. You were right about that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're probably gonna do. Now he can watch t- watch cartoons on it. Fine if it's like you know hanging on the back of the seat or something. That's fine. But he was actually engaged with games on the iPad, and I think that's what put it over the top. So sorry there for any of those that have things. Yeah, squeamishness. Yeah, it was you, hilarious though. Yeah, you didn't get into <laughs> details. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see what else is going on. We are. Oh, so we're going to talk a few things. We have a few subjects. I'm just going to say the the subject of this podcast would be Kitty and Chris talk. But um, I want to talk about a couple <laughs> things. We played a game together, uh, and then we play games on Tuesday night. Life in real life. <laughs> And so we're going to talk a little bit about comparing, you know, the difference between playing in real life and playing remote, uh, which will also dovetail into a little bit of playing in real life with four kids running around. Mm -hmm. But I do want to first talk about our next tournament on Board Game Arena. And that is going to be starting June 1st. um, Or whenever we get 48 players, because we're going to target for 48 players. And we're playing, you guessed it, Railroad Inc. with the Rivers expansion. It's going to be a blast. Everyone should come and play. If you have not played on Board Game Arena, or you haven't joined our group yet, or you haven't joined our Discord yet, um, come do it now. Board Game or uh, Railroad Inc. is a six-turn game. You have to play six turns, and then it's done. And typically, you have about three days to play those um, six turns. That's what we set it to. So you have to take six turns in three days. That's your commitment. Uh, I think there's five games, and there's some of this could vary, but I think there's five games uh, that you'll be playing, or uh, and then the will be split into two groups, and the winners of those two groups will go into playoffs. So really, you're just committing. Five games, six turns, 30 turns total over the next few weeks. Um, one person, no, two people will randomly get chosen to get a free Board Game Arena year subscription. That can be added to your current subscription. It could be a new subscription if you don't have a subscription, or you can give it away. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, uh, Getty says top six in each group are going to go to the playoffs. So if you get there, plus I am making virtual. Virtual rewards for everybody who plays. Uh, these will be collectible virtual rewards. They are not NFTs, but they will be virtual that can become physical on request. Um, and I'll go into more detail on that when I make the full announcement as to what these are, but it's going to be fun. Are hosts eligible this time? Hosts are always el- – hosts will definitely get the virtual rewards. We have a special okay. um, treatment just for the hosts. <laughs> Um, but yes, these will be semi-collectible. Like I said, I'm not going to go the whole NFT route, but they'll be semi-collectible. And it's free to join. It's free to join BGA. It's free to join our Discord. You don't have to join the Discord to join the tournament. You just have to join BGA. But you are probably going to get more out of it if you join the Discord, because you'll get a lot of updates and people will be talking about things and stuff. Um, for the next two weeks, we'll have plenty of practice games going on for railroad inc if you haven't played before try it out and if you have played it in person um try it out on 
board game arena. It's actually, I hate to say it, but it's actually way more fun on BGA than it is in person. And I love it in person. Even if you've played on the app, you should check it out on Board Game Arena because it is slightly different, different setting type stuff, different... Different expansions. Uh, little, little, yeah, different expansions, different little things you have to do. Yep. So that is my hope. I as hate we get, that check mark. <laughs> we need to, yes. We will have... <laughs> so like I said, 48 people is who, what we're targeting. Um, and I think once the tournament opens... That is going to be our cap. So we're looking for 24 people per group. There'll be six people at a table. So you're not you know, playing with a bunch of people. And then it's just board game arena tournament rules. Um, the winner doesn't get anything like any special prizes or anything like that, except for one thing. If you're on our Discord and you're the winner of any of our tournaments, you get a special role that makes your name green. And no one else has a green name except for tournament winners. So just saying... Come and play. Um, and maybe I'll do something eventually where it's like once you have so many tournament participations, you'll get something special as well. So start participating now. All right. Anything else I'm missing there? I think that's good. We'll announce more of it. Um, I'll, I'll repeat it again next week. And then the following week will be the last time before we start playing. And I'm really looking forward to it. I expect to destroy everybody because... <laughs> I was playing a game with my work friends today and we were playing the lakes expansion and I, that's your favorite. (laughs) I love it. I think I may have doubled the next highest score and their scores weren't bad. They're not bad at the game. I just got 83 points. Like it was insane. The last roll was exactly what I needed to do everything. I had two errors and a completely full lake and every exit was connected. It was amazing. I was, I'm just like, this is the best game I've ever played. Um, all right. Speaking of ga- playing games, we played a game in person. How was that? Mm-hmm. Hectic. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did we play a game in person, I learned a game in person. And I didn't know I was going to be learning the game. And it was a game that I was interested in playing and learning. So that's even more added on there. So much and so that you've you bought the game as soon as you heard about it. I, and I don't know why I we're did. keeping it why we're being coy about it, but it's the search for Planet X. Yes. <laughs> so Chris brought the game because even though I bought it, my copy is uh somewhere still in shrink wrap in my basement in a box because I moved my precious board games by myself ahead of our move did not trust the movers with them (laughs) which means that i haven't unpacked them (laughs) uh at least not all of them i've got some of them up on shelves now but chris brought the game we sat down to play um both boys were awake but we gave them um a tv show and an ipad for you know one game's worth of time we had them outside and playing most of the day (laughs) Um, but yeah, we were like, all right, one game. We're going to play one game. We're going to give these kids what they need to be distracted so that we can, you know, focus. So we get there. We sit down to play. The girls were sleeping. They both, both the were down for a nap. The girls were both sleeping. Both took a nap. Very nice. Um, 
Yeah, you explained the game. You explained to all of us how we were supposed to take notes. We all misunderstood <laughs> you in the same wrong way. So we're like, maybe Chris did a bad job of explaining it. But then whenever we tried to fix how we would have explained it, we just did the same thing. So I don't know. <laughs> um, but we figured it out eventually. And I was just trying to starting to get the hang of the game when... Uh, my daughter woke up, so my youngest is awake now and not in a happy mood, sitting in my lap and crying. That is when I stopped taking notes on what anyone was doing. Um, yeah, so it was a little hectic. It was fun. I figured out how to play the game the way I would have from the beginning, about three quarters of the way through the game. And... If we hadn't had, you know, all of the madness going on, I would have been like, one more right now. Yeah. But so it was not in the cards. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know, Search for Planet X is, it's a deduction-like game in the realm of Sudoku. Sudoku I always say that name differently every time I Sudoku. say it. Sudoku. Um, Sudoku. That's how I say space. it. So it must be right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's the the basic game is split in the sky is split into twelve pie slices, um, eighteen on the advance, and each slice can have one of four or five different objects, uh, or it could have nothing. One of the slices have Planet X in it, and what you're trying to do is deduce based on logic rules where Planet X is. Some of those rules mm-hmm. are established. Comets are always in certain sectors. Asteroids are always adjacent to another asteroid, etc. Um, and then some of the rules are very based on that particular game. It is app. I don't want to say app driven, but it is app required. App assisted. Yeah, I mean it, the app is a hundred percent required. It's the thing that's generating the puzzle and answering the questions that you're going to have. Yeah. And you're going to ask a question. And you're like, I'm looking in sectors one through five for asteroids. Everyone knows you asked that question, but only you know what the app told you, which is the number of asteroids in sectors one through five. So you're going to kind of go around and try to figure out what's going on with the sky. Now, if that were the only piece of it, it would just essentially be a logic puzzle and you'd see how many, how few moves you could do it. But there's this also the game piece of it is at certain points in the game, you're going to be putting out, um, I think they put, they're called theories. And they're face down, you put them on the board, and the more theories that you're correct with is the more points you get at the end of the game. So it's how you score points at the end of the game, which is also why this game is impossible to teach in a competitive way for the first game you play. Because you can't understand how the theories play into it, because like, I don't know enough to make a theory, when really you have to start taking guesses early on. Mm-hmm. You know, the benefits outweigh the the risks and doing those types of thing, but just playing a game, you can figure it out. And after that first game, you're like, you either know you love this game. You want to play it again, or you know, you hate this game and you just will never play this game again. Kitty and I are of the mindset. Like these are the kinds of games that we have like love doing. I think Spencer really liked it. And I know Sydney really likes it too. So it was, it was a hit in general. Yeah, I think everyone had a really good time playing. I think everyone would have played again if it weren't for our children being, you children. know, complete and utter monsters. Yeah. Well, because so the boys Delightful were watching. Yeah. Complete and utter monsters. The boys were still. watching cartoons. And so Zachary came in and he wanted to sit on my lap and he wanted to play the game. And I'm like, okay, you can sit here. You just can't touch anything and tell that to a three year old. And immediately he starts touching things. I'm like, 
okay, let's go get your iPad. It it was we probably paused more often than we played. Like almost every, whether it's like getting coffee, going out to the car, resituating <laughs> the kids, going to get um, everyone needs a blanket. Everyone needs a blanket. <laughs> like we were constantly stopping, and it kept making me flash back to when I was a kid and my parents were playing games. And how much I wanted to be involved, but my parents were doing the same things. Like, no, go play Zork. Yes, literally, that was a time. One of my strongest memories, my parents were playing Risk, and they put me in the other room to play with the kids, and we played Zork. I couldn't read where very well, and Zork was not interesting to me, but Risk seemed really, really cool because there were dice involved. Um <laughs> Yeah. I remember being on my mom's team a lot while she played cards sitting in her lap. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sure I ruined many games by being like, are you going to put the two down or whatever it is? Yeah, it's it's so yeah. Um, Joshua asked if it was Commodore 64 Zork. And I don't think so. I think it was the Atari um, or might have been like in in television. Yeah, actually, I think it was probably in television at the time. Uh, oh, good times. Good times. He also subscri- describes um, Search Planet X as a sophisticated clue without the luck of the die roll to make the next room in your turn. I would say that. Like, it's just a lot of fun. It's a deduction game. And the yeah. app the app really just kind of fits right into the game. It works best if everyone has their own app. And it's just tap, tap, tap. And here's your answer. And it just it's it is a really, really good game. I play it competitively. I don't know that you have to, but I think I always like winning it. So, but the solo game is pretty good too. It, you play against an AI that's also in the app and the AI does not cheat. Um, and it makes certain rules. So you can try to beat the AI and find Planet X before the AI does. And that's kind of fun too. But that does feel more like, why do I have a board if I'm doing most of the work inside the app? Um, but I, I still found it fun to play the solo game. So the question I have is um, in person or online? We play online every week. We played in person once. Uh, what's your take? There was a lot more um, chit chat and that kind of thing in person. Table talk, you know, having a good time kind of stuff. But I definitely think that we um, we play more game online. <laughs> yes. We, we do more play game. <laughs> Yep. Because we did not play a lot of game. No. <laughs> Between setup and teardown and uh, explaining rules, too. So it's hard to say because mostly online, we play games we already know or very simple to pick up games. So it's a little different. And there's also the added bonus of BGA doesn't let us cheat by accident. We... It tells us what the rules are. So uh, the past couple times we've been playing Viticulture, and it's so funny because even though we all have played this game multiple times and like know how to play this game, I feel like we've been learning so much about this game through playing it more and playing it on BGA because there's just like these little things that like, oh, well, I thought I should be able to do this or can we do that? Um, We're playing it on friendly mode. So it just automatically did this thing for me. How great is that kind of stuff that it's easy. It makes it easy. Yeah. And I I think you hit it on the head, though. If you want to play games, if we want to play games, playing Mm -hmm. online 
works best because we play it after the kids go to sleep. Or if yes. there is a kid that wakes up, because every once in a while we'll have a straggler, we're dealing with one kid. And, you know, when you're on the computer, it's I'm not. I'm looking at you. We all know what kid it is. <laughs> I just put him in front of Bluey and he's fine. <laughs> but it's it's still easier to actually play a game. Now, if we were to actually come over and spend the night and we didn't start playing until the kids were sleeping, that would be the best of both worlds. Yeah. But when you have small kids, it is incredibly difficult to get them to sleep someplace that isn't what they're used to. And yes. And I will say that even in our own homes, you've got your wandering down during game time child. But I have my wake up at three in the morning. There's a beetle in my bed. Come help child. Um, There was no beetle. And we were trying to explain to him that it was in his head. He's like, the beetle crawled in my head. Like, no, (laughs) no, that is not what we meant. No. (laughs) Um, but he seemed weirdly okay with that. But there are no beetles. But we like at first we were like, are there beetles in this house? Maybe I don't know. We better go check. We don't want to just dismiss this <laughs> concern. Could be a beetle. But yeah, it could have been a beetle. It wasn't a beetle. It was just a interrupter of my sleep for several <laughs> hours because once I was awake, I was like, okay, now I'm awake here. Yeah. I love now, kids. <laughs> it's definitely tricky. And I, I mean, you just go back and listen to our podcast. Like when we first started this, we didn't have kids. And we theorized. We played what so many more games. <laughs> I know. We theorized what it'd be like to play with kids. Um, it's nearly impossible to play games when young kids are conscious and can come into the room. It's just not possible. And now we find ways around it, like I, you know, set up babysitters or grandparents, or you know, there are ways of doing it. It's just you need to set aside a space and then put them in another space with someone whose goal is to distract them, so you can do your thing. Yeah, I will say though that we played another game. Actually, I don't think you were in the room. I played another game. I played Dragon's Breath with Zachary and Player Three. And that was very fun. This one is, there's a stack of clear blue plastic rings that you fill with gemstones. And they take turns picking up the rings and collecting their gems. But there's holes in the board that the gems can fall down. And those become the dad dragon's gems. And so you're trying to collect the most gems. It's a little bit of a dexterity game. It's mostly a fun color sorting activity for kids. But... Uh, they seemed to like it. They sat down and, you know, did a thing for a few minutes. And even um, player four got in on the action and needed to help everyone sort their pieces. She does not like to be left out of the action anymore. So nope. she's been playing. I, I've i actually been playing a lot of board games with my kids since at the new house, we set up their games in the same room as our games and it's a room where we spend a lot of time and they're very visible. So, you know, today already I've played Candyland. I've played Don't Break the Ice and we played Orchard. So, I, I'm gaming all over the place over here. Yeah. And now most of those, and like Haba makes great games. You actually recommended Orchard uh, a while ago and that's Zachary's game. And he he will get it out. He unpacks it. He sorts through the fruits and then he packs it back up and he makes sure that everything's <laughs> all there. And if there's a piece missing, he's like, where is it? I must find it. And he knows everything that's in there. Uh, he's still 
a little tricky. Like I can get him to play the game, but whenever we roll the die, he's like, no, I want it to be my favorite color, blue. And his favorite color is not blue. <laughs> it's pink or purple, depending on the on the moment, except in that game where he wants it the die to always be on blue. So he just picks it up and changes it to blue. And like eventually we're gonna have to teach you how to actually roll a die. But he's getting there. Uh new favorite game. My brother is really big into like for every gift giving occasion he gives the kids games. So he is the reason why I have Kerplunk marbles all over my home. Ooh. Uh and many others. But uh Shark Bite is the one that we've been playing a lot of. <laughs> This is one of those ridiculous games where it has a shark head that is filled with fish, and you're trying to pull the fish out of the shark head, and occasionally, when you pull one of the fish out, the whole shark head goes, and (laughs) tries to bite you, and it's very fun, and uh, a little bit terrifying to children the first time it happens, but we play that one a ton. Uh, Shark bite? Is that Shark bite. All right, I'll have to try that one out. Um, so yeah, I think the verdict is we would certainly like playing in, in person. Like the social atmosphere is a lot easier in person, but the distraction atmosphere is also a lot easier in person. Um, when we're online, you know, we're playing games and when we're in person, we're, when we're in person, we're socializing. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. Um, let's see a few questions that came up in chat before we started when I said, I we need some. We need some questions. Um, and then Christopher just, do you play with the plastic or rubber teeth for the razor blades and in, in shark bite? <laughs> <laughs> We're building up to the razor blades. You now know how to play, kid. Good luck. <laughs> it's all a warm up for the knife game with the, the fingers. Yes. So uh, someone asked about a 3D printing update, and I haven't actually talked about 3D printing on here for a while, but... I am currently, I just backed a Kickstarter for a 3D printer, which for the most part, I vowed never to back technology on Kickstarter. Just as a general rule of thumb, don't back technology, especially for goods on Kickstarter. I'm fairly certain that's like the most, the highest chance of failed delivery is tech on Kickstarter. But this Mm -hmm. was... Um, a 3D printer from Anchor, which is a, I mean, they make all of your power adapters, your like um, USB hubs, just all kinds of stuff. <laughs> no, Steve, I'm not playing Drunken Chris Plays Shark Bite. Um, <laughs> actually, I might. He'd but, scream. It would be fun. <laughs> I might. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I backed this printer and it's supposed to be a printer that's as close to pull out of the box and just go like consumer friendly printer as it gets and it has an ai camera that if like if it sees that the print's going bad it'll just stop if it runs out of filament it'll like you know stop and warn you and it's app driven and it's auto leveling and like everything that's annoying about 3d printing this promises to solve all those problems so i'm like awesome and then i it i backed it it completed and then i got a thing saying hey we had a new add-on so now we can do a six color printing with this add-on i'm like well, sign me up. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that in August or September, sometime in that time frame, I think. Uh, in the meantime, I've been designing inserts for my own games. I made a containers for the Quacks of Quenlinburg that are color-coded to the different ingredients. 
And they fit my 21 millimeter coin capsules that I put all the little ingredients in. So when you reach into the bag and you're pulling out an ingredient, it feels nice and clinky. And it has a little stand for um, the little recipe book that pops up for each of them. Uh, maybe I'll, if I remember afterwards, I'll put a, a picture in the show notes because I'm actually quite proud of them. It took me several iterations, but they worked out awesome. And now I'm making uh, dividers for I'm going and resorting all my Arkham Horror, the card game cards, and I'm making dividers for that. So there's a print going on right now that's like a 22-hour print to print one divider, and I need to do this six times. So over the next week, that's all the printer will be doing is like printing these box insert dividers. Um, how's your 3D printing going, Kenny? Um, I found a dinosaur skull that I need you to print for me. All right. Resin or, well, actually that sounds like resin. Um, I think the one, cause this was, um, player three's school, the teacher printed it. Um, so I think it was a filament print, but I don't know. I'll send you the link. All right. I will happily print it. I haven't done much with my resin printer <laughs> since I moved it to the place where it's like better to have. And I'm just like, oh, now it's in the back and I don't see it. So I just don't think about it. I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, but give me an excuse to print more stuff in resin because that stuff's good. Yeah. I might have to find, I might have to do some research and see if I can find some other bones and dinosaur artifacts that we can start doing dinosaur digs in the yard because. What is the point of having a gigantic yard if you can't dig up dinosaurs in them? That is true. And actually, bones printed in the, with the resin printer would be really cool because they would have a nice solid heft to them. Unlike oh, yeah. like, the filament printers that are just kind of like kind of waffly, wafer, wafery. Yeah, they're hollow. I do worry about them, um, much like real bones, becoming weapons a little too easily. <laughs> but, uh, you know... What's the worst that happens? That's, that's what parenting is for. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> don't the, hit your sister with that. The real problem is making sure Riker doesn't chew on them because even though the rec- resin is non toxic once it's cured, it will break into shards. So you don't want him to be chomping on resin. He's bones. pretty good at leave it. I wouldn't worry about him. Yeah. Um, also, we buy that dog so many things. He is so spoiled. He does not need to be eating the children's toys because he has his own things that and you won't know if you come to our house because it looks like he only has one toy because much like you he gets into one thing very deeply at a time until he is over it did you uh, just compare me to your dog's hobbies yeah (laughs) just just checking it's um (laughs) it's an elevation of my dog i love my dog very much it's not a judgment on you that's fair that's fair miles said he had to my pause. dog has very much personality <laughs> miles says he had to pause printing because he was adding to his pile of shame of non-printed models and i <laughs> i agree so i i actually have a subscription to loot studios which is actually pretty cheap for what you get but i don't like i have the subscription i have access to all these models but i'm like i can't print out all these models because i don't know what i would do with them at least having virtual models, I don't feel too bad. But once I print them, I have to actually do something with them. But uh, I do want to print a bunch of them because there's all these different, um, like, I don't want to say, like, diorama type furnitures and stuff, but basically terrain items to make, like, cool D&D maps. But we don't play in person anymore. So I don't have a reason to do that right now. Uh, it's It's tough. It's tough having the ability to do this. But I like that I can... 
Mike says build shelves and display them, which is true. I have shelves for my uh, That's what his Lego is for. <laughs> that is that exactly. I have a shelf for a Lego. Oh, we're going to do – we have shelves in the dining room upstairs. And Sydney's bridal shower was um, tea-themed. And we got all these tea, tea sets. We don't drink from tea sets. They're tea sets. They're decorative. So she's like, you know, what if we – use those shelves and we put your Legos on them since that's kind of the Lego room. And I'm like, uh, done. But, oh, now, now, now I'm seeing 3d printed special. I don't even know what those are, but I like them. (laughs) But, uh, so yeah, so we're going to put Legos as our decorative displays in the living room. It's going to be awesome. Um, War of Whispers. That's what it is. Oh, I knew I recognized it. These are uh, tokens, like 3D <laughs> things for War of Whispers. Now, I will say that when I print things for component replacements, I definitely like resin over the filament. But when I'm doing inserts, I like the filament stuff because it just, it's not faster, but you can print print it much bigger. So you have just a mm-hmm. bigger size, a bigger plate space that you can print there um for now and also like if you're printing long thin walls it's easier uh, miles says it's stronger which i think it is it's it's more flexible like they're both strong but resin can be brittle so when resin breaks it like shears and with filament it's it'll bend and warp Nah, yeah, it's definitely stronger it's it just has a better bending bending quality to it so that's 3d printing world um hadrian's wall update the last couple of weeks have been miserable, but I did start um, I in that I wasn't able to really focus on it. But I did start um, writing more code on it the other day. I'm about 95% done with sheet one and about 40% done with sheet two. If I get, if this week goes as planned, I should have both sheets fully playable by the time we record next. And then if you're on Discord and you want to try playtesting a solo game, um, ping me and I will give you a link that can start it. It's in alpha, so you wouldn't be able to find it on Board Game Arena in any other way. It's actually, it's, I don't even think it's technically alpha. It's like not playable on Board Game Arena. It's only playable in test. So I'll have to try to figure out how to make that work. But it is coming along. Like I say, I can play a full game. It's just certain sections of the um, areas are are not playable. Tensile strength. That's what Miles says is the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, and then someone asked about the Marvel Zombicide shipping disaster. Have you heard about this? I have not. I have not been paying that much attention to anything, but it seems like anything that was uh, kickstarted, especially like late 2019 to early 2020 um, and beyond, all seems to have production and or shipping disasters. Yeah, this one. So I'm unsurprised. Yeah, this one's especially egregious. Um, so Marvel Zombicide. I like Marvel. I don't love Marvel. I'm okay with Zombicide. I don't like Zombicide. Um, but I own a lot of Zombicide because I did like Black Plague. And I own a lot of Marvel because, you know, like the Marvel chibi stuff, I like that. And Marvel's not bad. And if I'm going to do superheroes, i rather do... Marvel than just like a generic superhero. And there are no good DC games, which is the universe that I like. Um, and the, the MCU has actually made me like Marvel a lot of it more. But when I saw Marvel Zombicide, I looked at this and said, this is something I kind of like and something I sort of like combining them together and costing a ton of money for something I 
would never play. So I passed on this. It's one of the first Simon Kickstarters that I passed on. And this is growth. I'm proud of you. I, I, <laughs> I'm proud of me. I want because- to acknowledge this moment. Good job. Yeah, well, just wait because it gets it, it's it's <laughs> like it's like well, this is a much sadder story and um barely all right. I'm, I'm not even going to tell the story. I'll tell the story after. So if you're in our live audience, you're going to hear a relatively like shocking story at the uh, afterwards. But join our live audience. But Marvel Zombicide, it's as if you're like, oh, I'm just not going to go out today, and you find out that you know the story you were going to go to was burned down. It's like, oh, okay, well, I dodged that bullet. I didn't, I chose not to do it. I would have done it. Eh, whatever. Um, Marvel's on beside the all in pledge to ship to the U S is somewhere in the neighborhood of like $200. What? For shipping in the U S for shipping alone, for shipping alone. It's crazy. I have no idea what it is to Australia, but I think it's like, you know, $7,000 or something like that. Um, it's, <laughs> it is, it is insane. The, the internet is going nuts on this and rightfully so to the point where it's like they weren't anywhere close to the estimates, but I don't think CMON is actually charging, like they're not like charging a crazy amount. They're just covering their actual costs because shipping right now is insane. But if I was a yeah. backer of this project, I'd be like, no. And like, what do you do? <laughs> Miles seven seven billion Russian rubles. Um, like, yeah, gas prices are up, shipping crates, there's the, you know, like it's just everything about Yeah, there's a shortage of uh, pretty much everything. Everything. Globally, the supply chain including is com- shipping containers. <laughs> yeah, it's completely messed up. So I get why the prices are that amount. But if I were a backer, I'd be like, Wait a minute. I've I've just spent six hundred dollars for my all in pledge or whatever it was six seven hundred dollars, and now I have to spend a third of that again in shipping, and that's so much higher than what Especially any other project. Especially if it's so much higher than the estimate, it, it's it's not even about what it is compared to other things because that's not fair. You know, other things shipped in different climates, different ways, but um. If they estimated a price and it's that far off from the price that they were given, that's what is the problem to me. I, I love I love Mike. We need Kickstarter Prime. And I can't agree with that more. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would do that. Um, Miles says gas in Australia is $12 a gallon in, like, U.S. money. Here, it's $5. Like, where we live in the Chicago area, it's $5. Um, California is, like, 6 or something like that. But Out of the country by me, it's still in the fours. It was like four eighty when we were leaving where you were at. So yeah, because you were on the Illinois side, you have to yeah. go north. <laughs> ah, gotta get it before I leave Wisconsin. The, you the went 15, the wrong way. The fifteen seconds you before have to you go leave there, Wisconsin, you have to go the wrong way. Adam, there is not a gas station between my house and Illinois. <laughs> nope. So yeah, my my take on the d- disaster, like I can't comment on Marvel's on beside because I didn't back it, but I did back. Little um, goblin gummies um, because I tried these. Uh, I think they were at one, some convention. I think Gamehole Con was um, giving out samples. I'm like, oh, these are delicious. So I backed it and I backed like, I don't know, 40 packs or something. I, I backed 20 packs, 20 packs for $110, which is way overpriced. But this guy is like, it's doing a startup and all of this. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll give you $110 for 20 packs of gummy bears. They're habanero and jalapeno gummy bears, and they tasted so good. So it's not something you can just buy and admire or something. But the pledge manager recently came out, and every pledge, no matter what you add to it or how much you spent or whatever, is $45 of shipping. 
So I'm spending $45 to ship 20 packs of gummy bears to the U.S. when this manufactured in the U.S. And for that, I've decided to just, nope, I'll just take the I don't need the gummy bears. I don't need to spend another $45 getting those shipped. Like maybe it's an error in the pledge manager, but we've gotten no communication from the, you know, the, the people that are running it. So I have no idea what it is, but I'm like, I can't, I, I, it's just, it's already overpaying and I'm just going to cut my losses on this one. I, I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad about it, but there's people that's like, yeah, my $30 pledge has $45 in shipping. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, if you want to, you can come to Beloit, Wisconsin and go to our local candy store, which my child brought home gummy teeth from his haircut. And it is the most disgusting thing I have ever <laughs> witnessed a human eating. Because uh, they just, they straight up look like dentures and I hate them. I don't think I want to do that. Do you remember Apparently like the wax? Make less gross looking things too, but my kid picked teeth. No, do you remember the wax teeth? They don't. They have to still do that at certain candy stores. Where it's like just like I remember wax lips. No, nah, these were wax teeth. So red gums and white teeth, and you'd like you'd eat them the same way. And yeah, Miles says she he grew up with gummy teeth. Miles, you're wrong. It's just wrong. His toothpaste I... also tasted like root beer. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't watch children eat teeth i can't watch adults either but no adult has been like yes this is a great idea give me a handful of teeth oh good times uh let's see one other question so realistic <laughs> another question um marvel united versus cthulhu death may die versus keyforge versus homeworlds versus car war sixth edition what's my current top list because all these games are you know have been my uh thing of the week um and i will say Marvel United, uh, X-Men's coming out soon. I was not in the first, you know, set of freight. So I think I have to wait until the end of this month or maybe next month before I'll get all my Marvel United um, X-Men stuff. But can't wait. I pulled it out and played it the other day. And I'm like, I want to play this game again. Like, I just, I I still love it. Uh, Death May Die, also still love it. I have not played it in a while. But as soon as I have a reason to, I will. Have I ever made you play that with us? Nope. Oh, that's my reason too. So the next time <laughs> we get to play a game in person, that will be the game. We'll have to find. It'll have to be we'll after the kids the go to bed. We'll learn the rules before we get there too. Yeah, the rules are actually pretty simple. the The game comes out of like what you can do with the rules, as opposed to like the rules being fiddly by themselves. Mm-hmm. But it'll be one where we have to put the kids to bed first because this is one you want to focus on and play but yeah cthulhu death may die is still in both of these games are still in my top five Keyforge, um it's on hiatus along with fantasy flights putting it on hiatus if it comes back and richard garfield recently posted something implying that it would and fantasy flight games has posted some Keyforge art recently implying that they're trying to build a little bit more hype to it so when it comes back i will play it again um and kitty you'll have to play it too because it'll be a new set and you can just kind of like pick up a deck and play i heard that before we'll see (laughs) that's fair uh car wars sixth edition here's the thing with this one i love this game except for two minor rules i have really come to dislike steve jackson games as a company 
And because of that, every time I look at Car Wars, I just get this kind of like dirty, grimy feeling of, <sighs> if only they actually would modernize things by 30 or 40 years. They're just stuck in the 80s. And it's not like there's nothing to, it's not a political thing or anything like that. It's solely the fact that the way that they treat their community is, is every, everything was, um, the community is the enemy. We can't share anything because, you know, we can't lose our rights to this or we can't let you do this because it's just, they're just community crushing. And it's such a disappointing thing. And not everybody, like there are people there that are fantastic. Actually, the designers of Car Wars, I've had lots of great conversations with them. They're, they're fantastic. I just think they're just, there's so much potential there. And this is the wrong company to make that potential work. So no matter how much I like this game, it's frustrating because I know it'll never go anywhere. And that keeps me from like wanting to put it on the table. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so how are bananas? So this was a uh, listener suggested <laughs> topic. And uh, funnily enough, I have a lot to say about it, but I, I, I just don't know. Um, we had a heat wave here last week, and all of my bananas got very, very ripe. So I had to make banana bread today. Um, but I think specifically the listener feedback was discussing um, how bananas are all uh, a monoculture. The banana available to us now is the Cavendish banana. Um, I would really like to try a Gros Michel or a Big Mike, as they are sometimes called. Um, banana, which is the kind of banana that tastes like banana flavoring, apparently. This was the banana that everybody could get, like, in the, like, 50s through 70s, but then it got wiped out by a fungus, and now you can buy them, but you have to, like, buy a gigantic order in bulk, and I am so curious about it that one day I might do it, but I don't know. (laughs) So Kitty promised that she could talk about bananas for an hour. Um, but I'm only giving- I probably could. I mean, yeah, you've only given me a few minutes here. I didn't even get to talk about the ice cream bananas or the blue bananas or any of the other varieties of bananas that you can buy through these like specialty banana suppliers that you have to buy like $70 worth of bananas at a time on the internet. And then like you have, you can't, it's not like you get a small quantity of expensive bananas. You get a large quantity <laughs> of these bananas. And I just, if you were to, I would go in on ice cream bananas. (laughs) I I mean, I don't even know what that means. Do they taste like vanilla or do they taste like banana ice cream? Um, I don't know. I, it was described to me as ice cream. I'm so curious. I don't know. John says you have to move on because he's already struggling to stay awake. (sighs) That's the meanest thing. I don't, I, that's it. Our live audience just, they're just so mean to us. That's not true. We love you. Maybe not John as much because he's beating me on Railroad Inc. But just just saying. <laughs> I need to get back into playing some board game arena game. Now that like my house is not um <laughs> terrible everywhere that I turn. I'm sorry, Miles just said that he wasn't finding it appealing. <laughs> <laughs> Miles is winning the dad joke award today. Um Love Hearsts sometimes. <laughs> oh, so sad. <gasps> <laughs> oh, John might have to split. 
So Mike asks how to join the Railroad Inc. tournament. And that is a great question. Uh, For Mike, who's in our live audience, you can just scroll up the chat and there's a link that you can click on. Uh, For everybody else, you will have to be part of our Board Game Arena community. So I will put a link to the community in our show notes. So you can click on that to um, get an invite and you can ask Getty or myself, um, Getty19 on BGA or Discord or uh, Chris Steele is on on BGA and Game Master Chris on Discord. Um, and we can get you added to the group. And then once you're in the group, then you just click on the tournament link and you're, you'll be part of the tournament. So I will put the link to our group in there. In, in our show notes, but to join the actual tournament link, um, you'll, you'll, like I said, you'll just have to be part of the group and then we'll give you the uh, link once you're part of the group. But that's a great question. Um, Discord's good to go. Getty says we're all good there. I can't wait for this tournament. I can't wait because I'm going to destroy you all. And after my abysmal results in Azul, I Fletcher beat me. Fletcher beat me in the tournament, in the Azul tournament. I beat you both. You I still lost my last game, but still beat you both. So, ha Thanks, Courtney, for that. Yeah, let's see. Um, you came in, you were at least on the first page. So we had, <laughs> I think we had 32 people, if that right? Yeah, 32 people. You came in 15th. Meanwhile, Fletcher was 27th and I was 28th. <laughs> yeah Sorry, i i didn't mean to laugh that aggressively <laughs> at you but um <laughs> no no i deserve it i deserve it yeah i honestly I'm, I'm not used to losing that badly but uh wow i am bad at the um you know starburst game it's i'm bad at that it's painful you it's can't so painful. forget that it's not just about the starburst it's also about the coasters I know. I thought I was getting better at it too, and I just wasn't. So, all right. But here's my suggestion for anyone who has not played Railroad Inc., still join the tournament. But please, please, please play a practice game first. A couple of them. There'll be plenty going on. Um, if you want to start one and it, there's not one going on, just ping anyone on Discord and you know they'll start it up in a few seconds. I think Railroad Inc. is a premium game, so someone else has to start it, but anyone can join it. Uh, but yeah, try you play it in the rivers expansion because that's what we're doing the tournament in, just so you understand the scoring rules. Uh, you don't have to be good at the game, mm-hmm. but understanding the scoring rules is important because uh, you you don't want to lose because you just don't understand the rule. It's very simple. Your longest river scores you a point per square, and if you end the river on both sides so that it's touching the side on 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 both sides of your river, you get a bonus three points. That's the scoring. That's that's how it works. But having a stray river off someplace, that's not going to get you any extra points. And it probably will lose you points because an uncompleted river will still have you lose a point. If none of that makes any sense, that's fine. If you've played Railroad Inc., you now probably know how to how to play it. But um, this game is very, very fun. Come and join us. These games fill up so fast that like someone posts it and I'm like, oh, wait, I oh, I'm not going to play that game anymore. Uh, so... I'm I'm looking forward to constantly watching people play and seeing what people's boards are and how different they are and it just looks like so much fun. All right, Kitty, do we have anything else to talk about? Is there a way to create a poll on Discord? Yes, I have a bot because there is something which needs to be settled, and that is 
which is the best Starburst flavor. <laughs> so there is a bot on here called Pullmaster, and he can do exactly that. So after we are done uh, recording the episode, I will remember how to do that poll, and we will put a poll out there and figure out which Starburst is best as compared to compared by or decided by our wonderful Discord listeners, which we have you know, listeners, members. I guess actually what I'm most curious about is which flavor is the worst, because I asserted at the beginning of this uh, I guess not of the episode because we weren't recording yet. Orange is the worst flavor. Um, and I got a lot of pushback. I kind of like yeah. orange. I think orange is probably one of my favorite flavors. The worst. I'm See, so. I'm just going to go out and buy some Starburst because I need to find out, but I need to actually test it. And I'm going to buy as many different types as I can find. Because there's like, what, five different flavor Oh, gosh. Flavor once packs? you start have to like, I don't even know. There's like tropical flavors and smoothies. I don't know if they like discontinue them or if they just keep making more and more flavors of Starburst. But I remember there being a lot of different flavors, but I'm just talking about the plain old original. It is lemon, orange, strawberry, and cherry. It's orange, yellow, pink, and red. That's it. Those are the flavors. Those are the ones I care about. I think I like strawberry, orange, cherry, and lemon in that order, if it were me. Um, Also... Because, you know, this is where we are today. Skittles are dead to me ever since they changed the green from lime to green apple. What? They're green apple now? Yeah. I'm so excited. Years. They're gross. And I don't like them. Green apple are the best. Terrible. I don't even know why we're friends. That's it. I'm not talking to you anymore. Read the outro. (sighs) Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be a part of our live recording Monday nights at 8.30 Central or join our Discord to talk to us all week long. Both links are in our show notes. You can email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the support us link. Or click the link in the show notes, too. And now, because you made me read that, you have to read our patrons. Finally, a huge thank you to all of our current patrons. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to read all of them in that voice, but I'm like, I I wouldn't be able to keep a straight face. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) And besides, I'm more excited about them than than that voice conveys. So, Adam, Miles, Gift of Games, Sahara, Jason, John, Joe, Danita. Cheater. I know. Jim, Steve, Peter, Andrew, John, (laughs) Sir. (laughs) Sir. (laughs) Sir Sully is a. It was like, Sir. Matthew, Timothy, Paul, Nicholas, Weatherman, Keith, Joe, Leanne, Stephen, Marina, Ben, Sean, Michael, Jeremy, Jason, Christopher, Terrence, Richard, Tolkien, man forever, Michael, David, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> I just got a pop up, uh, Courtney, Ryan, Dan, Darren, David, Tony, J- Jesse, Charles, Agnes, Ron, Aaron, Don, Glenn, Eric, Adrian, Eric, Jason, Justin, Jerry, and Sean. Um, I didn't realize how many first name repeats we have going on there. That that was kind of fun, though. Uh, anyway, I thank you to everyone who's ever been a patron. Uh, we love you. We really do. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. We love you so much, we can't be bothered to read your last names. 
Well, there is that. <laughs> Speaking of other things I can't be bothered with, you are coming to visit us next time. Just saying. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's your turn. We we will make that happen. Um, my house is still like whoops all boxes but yeah we'll figure it out yeah well that's why like you can just leave the house and leave the boxes behind you do not need we have plenty of boxes here you don't need to bring any extra we'll bring you all of our old boxes that's the deal yeah whatever 